Yes, yes, yo, everybody, you all are welcome to the Mind School Podcast with Christopher J, your teacher. My shout out goes to your scholars out there who keeps coming and tuning to the show from every listening platform all over the globe. Another shout out goes to you all for the love you show when you share and tag our shows on your social media handles. I must confess, you are the realest MVP. Approximately 2,000 years ago, a Roman philosopher named Seneca said the following about the state of philosophy in his day. There are indeed mistakes made through the fault of our advisors who teach us how to debate and not how to live. There are also mistakes made by students who come to their teachers to develop not their souls but their wits. Thus philosophy, the study of wisdom, has become philology, the study of words. These words ring true to this day, where philosophy, even more than in Seneca's day, has largely lost sight of this most important question of how to live. Seneca was a member of the school of philosophy known as Stoicism, and while in our day the word Stoic is most likely to bring to mind an unemotional individual, unaffected by pleasure or pain, the modern definition does not accurately represent the Stoic school of philosophy. The ancient Stoic was not one who lived life devoid of all emotion, but instead was one who attempted to rid himself of negative emotion and cultivate an inner strength and joy that radiated from his being no matter what external circumstances he faced. As Seneca explained, the Stoic must necessarily be attended by constant cheerfulness and a joy that is deep and issues from deep within, since he finds delight in his own resources and desires no joys greater than his inner joys. It is because the philosophy of Stoicism sets as its ideal the attainment of tranquility in the midst of struggles and joy in the midst of hardship that it has seen a resurgence of popularity in the modern day. In fact, the principles laid down by the ancient Stoic philosophers form the foundation of cognitive behavioral therapy, a psychotherapeutic approach which is increasingly viewed as one of the most effective means to overcome a variety of mental illnesses. The roots of Stoicism stretch back to the ancient philosopher Zeno of Sidium, Sidium being the town in Cyprus where he was born. Zeno lived from 334 to 262 BC, and sometime around 300 BC he moved to Athens to practice philosophy. Zeno founded a school of philosophy in Athens, and because he gave his lectures on a painted porch, his students were called Stoics. Zeno, along with the other Stoic philosophers to follow him, was extremely influenced by Socrates. Socrates' influence was so great that the Roman Stoic Epictetus is quoted as saying, And you, although you are not yet a Socrates, should live as someone who at least wants to be a Socrates. While Zeno was the founder of Stoicism, it was one of his followers, Chrysippus, who would become the most influential of the Greek Stoics. Although none of his works remain today, Chrysippus is thought to have authored approximately 700 works, and is widely considered the greatest ancient philosopher behind Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. While Stoicism originated in ancient Greece, it reached its peak of influence several centuries later in the Roman Empire. Most of our knowledge of Stoicism comes from the writings and ideas of these Roman Stoics. Important Roman Stoics include Seneca, Musonius Rufus, Epictetus, who was a born slave, and Marcus Aurelius, the emperor of Rome from 161 to 169 AD. The Stoics divided philosophy into three parts, logic, physics, and ethics. However, their main concern was with ethics, and engaged in the study of nature mainly to solidify their ethical views. The Stoics thought that happiness was acquired by attaining virtue or excellence of character, which in turn was acquired by living according to nature. 
Since virtue was attained by living according to nature, the Stoics deemed it necessary to understand the nature of the cosmos in order to determine how to live. Looking out at the world, the Stoics observed that nature exhibits a complex, harmonious structure. They reasoned that this structure must be the product of a single divine principle which pervades the entire universe. They called this divine principle many names, including universal reason, mind, God, and Zeus. Despite the myriad of names, it is crucial to understand that they envisioned this principle not as supernatural or as a transcendent being, but as embodied in the fabric of nature, and thus in a sense nature itself. The Stoics believed the entire cosmos to be one massive organism, of which each of us is but a part. All that you see, wrote Seneca, that which comprises both God and man, is one. We are parts of one great body. Within this one great body that is the universe, the Stoics claimed that all external events are wholly determined by antecedent events, and therefore that whatever happens is predetermined by the iron hammer of fate. Whatever happens to you, wrote Marcus Aurelius, has been waiting to happen since the beginning of time. The twining strands of fate wove both of them together, your own existence and the things that happen to you. Despite claiming that everything is predetermined, the Stoics did not advocate an attitude of withdrawn resignation towards life. Instead, they put forth a theory which today is called soft determinism, an idea which leaves room for freedom in a deterministic universe. The Stoics' soft determinism arose from their conception of the nature of human beings. While we have a physical and mortal body, like all creatures on this earth, the Stoics thought that we are unique in that our mind is literally an offshoot of the universal reason, or God, which pervades and structures all things. As the slave philosopher Epictetus noted, most people do not acknowledge this God within, which is really their true self, and instead identify themselves with their creaturely body. Seeing that our birth involves the blending of these two things, the body on the one hand, that we share with animals, and on the other hand, rationality and intelligence, that we share with the gods, most of us incline to this former relationship, wretched and dead though it is, while only a few to the one that is divine and blessed. By cultivating this god within, the Stoics believed we could achieve an inner freedom untouched by the iron hammer of fate. This inner freedom would not enable one to change what has already been predetermined, but instead would allow one to respond and react to these events freely and consciously, and thereby control the effect that such events had on one's happiness. Seneca, for example, thought that we should accept and even love whatever fate brings our way. What is a good man's role, wrote Seneca? To offer himself to fate. It is a great consolation that we are swept along together with the universe. To better explain their ideas concerning fate, Epictetus used the analogy of a game of dice which had been put forth by Plato hundreds of years before Epictetus lived. We must accept what happens as we would accept the fall of dice, and then arrange our affairs in whatever way reason best determines. The contrast between the events of our life predetermined by fate and the inner fortress of freedom we have the potential to cultivate delimits the key tenet of Stoicism. Thank you for listening to this wonderful episode from the Mind School Podcast. And remember, we love it when you share and tag our shows on your social media handles. Always stay tuned for more interesting episodes coming your way. <laughs>
This episode talks about stoicism.